And from verse 37 to verse 44, the Lord Jesus Christ pronounces three wars against the Pharisees. And because of that pronouncement, or if you like, that denunciation of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we are told that in response, one of the lawyers answered the Lord Jesus. Because we live in a day in which we also have lawyers, we probably need to explain here that these lawyers were people who were, properly we could call them theologians. The, the people who were studying the law of Moses and seeking to interpret it for the people and telling the people what the law means and how they ought to live. That, that's what it means here when it says the lawyers. And so, if you like, the, the Pharisees and the other word we use is scribes. The scribes were either scribes or lawyers. That's the same group of people. So the, the Pharisees and the scribes were together, but they were separate because the primary duty of the lawyers or the scribes was to study God's law and to tell the Pharisees, this is what it means and this is how you are to live. And so having heard the Lord Jesus Christ unload on the Pharisees, one of these lawyers then answered the Lord Jesus and said, now in saying these things, you insult us also. Now it appears the reason, the way he spoke is that he was probably expecting that the Lord Jesus Christ said, you know what? I think you are in the clear. It's really the Pharisees that I have a problem with. Uh, unfortunately, he, he was disappointed because the Lord Jesus Christ turned to him as well and he also gave them the three wars. And this morning, I would like us to Look at those three wars to the lawyers or to the scribes. If you remember the last time we talked about this, the three wars towards the Pharisees were that they were more concerned about the outward rather than the inward. The Lord Jesus Christ is reminding them that God... The Bible has always emphasized the inward more than the outward. You recall how he put it there. He says, you cleanse the outside of the cup, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. And then secondly, the Lord Jesus Christ gave them the war because he said to them, they measured in the minors and they minored in the majors. And so he turns to them and says, the more important things they should be concerned about is love for God and love for neighbor. 
and then the third war that the Lord Jesus Christ gave them was that the Pharisees were a people who were guilty of ostentation, that they loved the best seat in the synagogues. They loved to be greeted in the marketplaces. In other words, their religion was for sure. And as a result of that, that they had such a terrible uh, influence over the people, it was an influence that would corrupt It is at that point that the lawyer answered the Lord Jesus. He said, you are insulting us as well. And the Lord Jesus Christ unloads it on the lawyer by giving him the three wars. And let me call attention to those three wars. The first one then is in verse 46. And he said to them, woe to you lawyers also. For you load people with burdens hard to bear and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. But the biggest problem with the scribes, their religion consisted much in telling other people how to live. And all the time ignoring themselves how to live. That if what you are telling people is good for the people, then that should in fact, first of all, be good for you. Elsewhere, remember he was saying, you who teach others not to worship idols, do you break the law by being an idolater in your own heart. But this is the biggest problem with the Pharisees. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ warning the people. He says, they sit in the seat of Moses. Do what they tell you, but don't do what they do. Because whereas they are busy telling you what to do, if you look at the way they live, they themselves do not live according to what they tell you. That is the problem of hypocrisy. That is the problem of living a life in which you want to portray to the outside that you are living for God when in actual fact 
your preoccupation is to be telling other people how to live. The gospel of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, teaches us to be preoccupied with our own hearts. To be preoccupied there where it really matters. Rather than just to be busy telling other people how to live or what to do at the expense of following those same regulations, those same things that we are telling others. But also, this is probably what we mean when we use the word legalism. You may have heard the term that the scribes and the lawyers were so preoccupied to tell people precisely. You recall elsewhere they talked about tithing herbs. That, that is how precise they wanted to be. And in the process they proved at least to the Lord Jesus Christ they did not understand the full import of the law that Moses had given them. You remember in what we call the Sermon on the Mount the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to the people you have heard it has been said but I say to you and what he's really saying there he is actually criticizing the scribes and the Pharisees. He is saying this is the way they have interpreted the law, the law of God. But I say to you, this is the right interpretation. And he gives a few examples there. Remember, he talks about murder. And he says, they tell you this about murder. But really, the true intent of the law when it was given by God to Moses, it was that it was speaking to your heart. That if in your heart you have malice against your brother, regardless of the action, you have broken God's law. That if in your heart you have lust, you have committed adultery already, you do not need to have physically done something to break God's law. And that if you understand it then in that sense, the law of God is meant to drive you to desperation. It is meant to drive you to a situation where you can say, I am undone because my heart is depraved. And to cry out to God for mercy, for pardon, and for cleansing. That is what the law of God is meant to do. It is not to give you the idea that you can actually keep it. And that was the idea of the scribes 
and the lawyers. They saw themselves as people who can keep God's law and who can tell people what it really means. And they missed the whole point of it. It is meant to drive you to your knees. It is meant for you to see how depraved your own heart is, how unable you are to obey God on your own. And out of desperation, to cry to God, save me, or I am lost forever and ever. And that is why the Lord Jesus Christ tells them that they spend their lifetime telling people what to do, what not to do, especially on the Sabbath. If you read in the New Testament, the Lord Jesus Christ was always at loggerheads with the scribes and the lawyers on the Sabbath day because their interpretation was completely wrong. The Lord Jesus Christ has to correct them again and again that you are putting burdens on people that you yourselves cannot lift with your finger. As a matter of application, the question is this. The gospel that you claim to believe, the gospel that you perhaps have had occasion to share with somebody else, has that gospel find room in your own heart? Does that gospel speak to you? Has that gospel transformed you? Has that gospel made you a brand new person in Jesus Christ? Or are you like a, you know, one of those road signs that point people this way to California? But they themselves are not going to California. Are you like that? Like a road sign. Telling others this way to heaven. But you're not going there yourself. You have no personal interest in the matter. You have not had gracious dealings in your own heart. Your heart has not been changed. Your heart has not been transformed so that now you are a lover of God, a lover of Christ, rather than a lover of self and one who is self-centered. That is the hypocrisy against which the Lord Jesus Christ spoke. 
But there's a second war in verse 47. It says, war to you. For you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses and you consent to the deeds of your fathers. For they killed them and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary, yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Now, that's a little confusing when you first read it. Because, you see, these lawyers, these scribes, were people who were saying something like this. You know, if we had lived in the day of Isaiah, we would not have participated in killing Isaiah. If we had lived in the day of the prophet Jeremiah, we would not have participated in persecuting and killing Jeremiah. And there's a whole list of prophets who were either persecuted or killed. And then also, because of the fact that they apparently were honoring the prophets of God, they, they were busy to make sure that their graves or their gravestones were rehabilitated. They would build those monuments to honor, supposedly to honor those prophets. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to unmask that hypocrisy. And he's basically saying to them, look, if you really honored those prophets, if you really honored Moses, you would believe in me. Because Moses and all the prophets spoke about the Christ who was to come. And here he is, he has come. And what have they done? They have actually called him Satan. And the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to show them that that will not do. The only way you can honor those prophets is to believe the message that the prophet preached. And the ultimate message of the prophets, it was the spirit of prophecy that was in them talking about the Christ. The Christ who would come to rescue men from sin. And there he was right before their eyes. And they say, he is demon possessed. He does what he does by the power of Beuzebub. In a word, they called him Satan. Yet they claim to honor the prophets by building their monuments, 
by rehabilitating their gravestones. They believe they are doing God's service. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, no, no. That will not do. The only way you're going to honor Moses. In fact, you recall, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking in another instance says, if you believed in Moses, you would believe in me. Because Moses spoke about And so he actually now unmasks them for who they really are. A people who are totally depraved. And he says to them, you cannot, you cannot sustain this facade before God. You cannot Continue to pretend anymore because you don't really love those prophets that you profess to love. You are no different than your fathers. Your fathers disbelieved the prophets. They ended up killing those prophets. And here, the one all the prophets spoke about is right in your midst. eyes to see the clearest light God has ever sent into this world. There's a sense in which you probably can understand their fathers who killed their prophets because it wasn't that clear the light that they received. It was the true light but here is the true light in full blazing light. It's a floodlight. It's not one little flicker in darkness. It is the full light of the gospel. And they call him Beelzebub. Just because they rehabilitate the graves. They believe that that should count in their favor. And here the Lord Jesus Christ wants to unmask them and tell them, you are tragically mistaken. Because if you believed in the prophets, you truly honored the prophets and the message that they brought to your father you would believe in the one the prophets spoke about. And then he says something here that is absolutely frightening. He says, God's judgment is about to fall on them. And God's judgment is such that he is judging them with the blood of all who have died for the cause of Christ, beginning with righteous Abel and all the prophets. He says, God is going to rain his wrath on you because he is charging you with all that guilt. 
such is the guilt that has come upon your head that from the very first man who was murdered by his brother, Cain. And why did he murder him? Because he was righteous before God by faith and he himself believed in his own works. And God, the Lord Jesus Christ here says, that blood and everyone who has followed who has been killed is going to be required on your head on this generation. You remember when we were in verse 30. The Lord Jesus Christ had said to them, in fact 29, this generation is an evil generation. And he is now coming to a conclusion here. He is showing them what they actually deserve. God is getting ready. He has been storing up this wrath ever since the blood of righteous Abel had been shed. God has been patiently bearing and waiting. Now, the Lord of God's wrath is getting ready to fall on this generation of Jews. Lord Jesus is warning them. He is warning them that this is what is coming on your head. Have you ever thought about the flood of Noah? The Bible tells us that for 120 years, Noah, the righteous man, had been preaching to that generation. Nobody took him serious until that day. God told Noah to get into the ark. The Bible says God himself shut the door of the ark. And all of that wrath that God had been waiting as these men persisted in their unbelief and lived as if there was no God. All of that wrath It descended upon that generation. Every human being, every animal died except eight individuals. And here, the Lord Jesus Christ is giving not just a warning but an eschatological warning God is getting ready to exact his revenge on you for all the unbelief of your ancestors 
and it was in AD 70. Titus the Roman came and besieged Jerusalem and completely destroyed Israel as a nation. And it took more than 1,900 years before a group of people started clamoring and saying, we want to go back to Israel. So remember, as we live in this world, and men are being persecuted for the cause of Christ, God has not forgotten not one of them. All those who are killed, who are persecuted, who die for the sake of the cause of the Son of God, God keeps a record. And a time will come when those men, those women, those people who are guilty of taking innocent blood, they will pay. And that is why here the Lord Jesus Christ, he is careful to mention all those who have died for the cause of God and his Christ in this world. He says he's going to avenge their blood. That is why this is an encouragement to you to open your mouth and preach the gospel wherever you are. It doesn't matter what the laws say. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is our commander, our captain, has said, go into this world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's right. Those are the standing orders. For as long as we are in this world, we are to proclaim that message. And leave the consequences to God. But as we go, we must be like the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not shrink from telling these lawyers, telling these religious people the truth as it is in Christ. They were lost, and yet they thought that they knew the way. And the Lord Jesus Christ here loves them too much to allow that kind of deception to continue. He tells them bluntly that you are lost. 
that the wrath of God is on the door. It's about to fall on you. Unless and until you see the danger in which you stand and turn to God for mercy. The Lord Jesus did not shrink back. This lawyer was mistaken. He thought maybe if I says, you know what? You are insulting the Pharisees. Are you insulting as well? He thought that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to shrink and say, oh, no, no, you misunderstand me. You guys are... He did not do any such thing. He tells them bluntly that they are in danger of the wrath of Almighty God because of their hypocrisy. And then finally, there is a third war. Perhaps this is the worst one. In verse 52, war to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge you did not enter yourselves and you hindered those who were entering. This is the worst war the Lord Jesus Christ ever gave any human being. You see, The Lord Jesus Christ is the only way in which any sinner can come to God. John chapter 14 tells us in verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There is no one who comes to God except through me. Here, the scribes, the Pharisees, and the lawyers rejected the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, they themselves have refused to enter into the kingdom of God. And what is worse, they Stop those who want to enter into the kingdom of God. That's the worst war the Lord Jesus Christ can ever pronounce on any human being. It is bad enough that you have rejected the Messiah but that you have found it within your own evil and wicked heart. Not only to reject the Messiah, but to make sure that those who want the Messiah, you stop them. That's a terrible, terrible state of affairs. 
It's a terrible warning to us as a church. And we need again and again to ask ourselves, why do we exist as a church here? Are we pointing men and women to the Savior? Have we entered in ourselves? And are we pointing everyone else, there is a Savior. There is no need for you to live like there is no Savior. There is no need for you to suffer and die in hell because God has sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. My friends, I beg you in the name of God Almighty, if you do hear anything I say to you, Please remember this, that there is a gracious Savior. His name is Jesus, and he stands ready to save sinners like you. That is the message of the Bible. That is the reason we exist. It is to point people to the Savior sent from God to save sinners. But perhaps, let me hurry to conclude by warning us. Warning us that we also live in a day in which we have so much light. I mean, there's so much light, we don't know what to do with it. I mean, you, if you have a cell phone, you have no excuse for being ignorant to the gospel. Absolutely. You just need to find the right place. You find somebody preaching Christ. You just need to download, I don't know how many apps, I don't know how many versions of the Bible I have on this phone. But at the end of the day, if you die and go to hell, you truly deserve it. It is not because you did not hear. It is because you heard and you ignored the message. You loved your sin and thought it was more important to pay attention there than to the message that brings salvation to a sinner. live in a day where there are so many churches, so many sermons, so many resources at your fingertips. You have no excuse. Absolutely. No excuse for being ignorant and dying going into a Christless eternity. No excuse whatsoever. It's John Piper who said, perhaps the reason why God has given us cell phones 
is so that in the day of judgment, he can prove to us that we had time. But we spent that time on Facebook or on Twitter or anything like that rather than seeking after him. No one is going to say I had no time. Because if you say that, the Lord will show you busy on your cell phone. He says, I thought you had no time. And you will have no excuse. And so, my friends, I plead with you. Whatever happens to you, whether you remember my sermon or not, I plead with you. Love Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Live for Jesus. And you will have nothing to regret at the end of the day. That is a warning from God. And when it says there in verse 53, and in verse 54, as he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees repented. No, it doesn't say that. It says they began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things. And why are they doing that? Lying in wait for him to catch him in something might say. Believe in the Lord Jesus. Live for Jesus. Give your life to Christ and it will be well with you. Amen.